0: I'm Daisy and I'm Terry, and this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 116.
1: And this week it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy what do you have for us?
0: Well, Terry, I am back with a podcast that I haven't listened to for an awfully long time, but I used to share episodes from a lot. Rongan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come up with a phrase and see if you can guess who the guest is. (laughs) This guest likes to play a game. And the game is called, and this is really the sort of biggest nugget that I've taken from this episode, although there is a little bit of a build up to it. So spoiler, this is this is where we're going to end up. But the game she plays, little bit of a clue there, is No Bullshit, What Would It Take? Do you know who that is? Mel Robbins? No, that's a very good guess though. It is, in fact, somebody uh, you recommended, it's not from her podcast, obviously, it's from Feel Better, Live More, but it is, in fact, Lisa Bilyeu. Ah. Ah. And this episode is called How to Overcome Fear and Achieve Your Dreams with Lisa Billie, And as is often the case on YouTube, it has a different title, which is you need to hear this shouting because it's in capital letters. When life isn't going your way, watch this. So Lisa Billie, you have talked about her a bit before, so I won't go into great details about her. But briefly, she is the co-founder of a billion dollar company Quest. She also has the Woman of Impact podcast and more recently has written a book called Radical Confidence, which I think is what she's doing a bit of a tour of podcasts to talk about. And this was one of Rongan's long, long forms, uh, not hugely long but it, it went well over an hour there's all sorts of interesting stuff in it do go and listen um, but I mostly just took this is what I really took away from it it's something you know when you just happen upon something that is something that you need to hear at the right time I know you're you're really big on this. It was one of those things. And it was this nugget that came from it that particularly resonated with me. And also I felt followed on very much from a Keto Woman Mindset Matters episode that so we actually recorded months ago, but I've only just edited. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. rongan starts this episode by posing the question, to Lisa. Um, For people struggling, feeling a bit lost, not pursuing their dreams, what advice would she give? She poses the question, what is the story you're telling yourself of why you're not pursuing these dreams? And she says that she likes to ask herself questions to get to the answers that she needs. And one such question would be, what is the belief you have that you're not going after your dream, she says, we tend to most of us tend to say things like, and this is when it started to, "Hmm, yes, that's me. I'll do this when dot, 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 I'm more confident. I've got more money. I lose the weight I want to lose. I've learned all the skills I feel I need to learn. But she says, what if that when never came? would you still live your days like you do now? Instead of having to achieve things in order to become more confident, she maintains that it's by doing new things that you build the confidence. So we're getting into reframing and looking at things from a slightly different perspective. And she goes on to tell her own story about making the change from her role that she decided to take on, very much decided to take on, actually using the question where we started with. But she was making a change from being supportive wife to her husband, Tom, so that he could really focus on his career, to business entrepreneur and author, podcaster. How do you get started when you don't feel confident? and so on all these other things this when I this that and the other and she says that that she decided to embrace her insecurities the things that you feel you can't do the things you feel are lacking and just move forward anyway she says it's in the action that you build the competence and then confidence becomes the byproduct of taking action and I've talked about examples from my own life where this has certainly happened and I know you've often been in there in the background sort of nudging me but just at some point you got to just start doing it and learn as you go and build the competence as you go and confidence in what you're doing will follow but as I think both of us here probably daily and it's certainly something that I've said myself when I've lost X amount of weight then I'll do Y whatever it is and you you were talking about this in in some of your summer videos that you'd recorded for TFM that I was editing and I know you were talking about this you know urging people not to be held back by that I'll do this when but you know, do some of those things now. Enjoy those things now. But she says, you know, it can be confusing because how do you hold two competing ideas in your head and still move forward? So yes, you might need to lose weight, but you can also be good enough as you are. And on the surface, these two are conflicting with each other. But she says she urges you to think along the lines of, who I am right now is great, but I can still hold myself to growing, changing, learning, and pursuing the transformation I'm looking to make. And says it's, it's it's all comes down to changing your mindset in such a way as to trigger action, and then the doing will start bringing about that change, and you can. And should keep loving yourself for who you are whilst also pursuing change or progress towards your goals. She says that more often than not, we tend to think of who we are today as defining who we are. But this will hold you back. Who you are today, she says, doesn't define who you can be. But it's still the foundation of where you're starting from. And they get into a a discussion and sort of summarize it by saying, you know, the first step is that you need to accept who you are now, but then also be open to who you can be if you start taking action. It doesn't define you who you are now. It just describes where you happen to be right now. Who you are today, she says the way she looks at it, is just an accumulation of all you've done up until this point but using that logic that means that everything you do from now on is going to accumulate to the person that you're going to become at X amount of time down the line. She says that she likes to attach her identity to this growth and change and the missteps and the falls that she has but it's all about moving forward. And she says that she has taken on the identity of a learner rather than somebody who needs to be right. And they get into a bit of a discussion about how if more people took on this mindset, what a good thing it would be, you know, if we focus less on being right about ego protection. And she said that the problem with that kind of latter mindset is that you tend towards much more a fear of, of failure and you get held up and held back by your fear of failure, about what's gonna happen when you step into the unknown. She says, sticking to what you know is often the easiest thing to do, but she says it's, it's like wearing velvet handcuffs. But a learner steps into the unknown despite their fears. What can I learn from this? Always curious. And you drop your ego, when you make mistakes because it's just part it's part and parcel of a learner identity so a lot of those a lot of those things fall away and it's quite freeing she certainly found and then they talk about the mindset that leads into this game that they like to play the mindset and strategy that tom learned from a team of entrepreneurs that he wanted to start working with and their advice to him was to see himself in whatever role he wanted. I think he wanted to be a partner in this business and to start acting that way. And this is where they started to play the game. No bullshit. What would it take? Basically, what what this means is, what this game is, that when you say you want a dream, you then sit down and assess what is it actually going to take to get there? What are the steps? We so often talk about we have a dream and we're going to embark on how to get there. And we, we end up not getting there and saying things like, I, you know, I just can't do this. I can't. I just can't seem to manage it. I can't stick to my diet. I can't stick to the fasting program. I would um, decided to embark on whatever it is. Are your actions aligned with what you say you want? Clearly, they're most likely not. But we tend to beat ourselves up all the time because we just, you know, we just feel like we're failing. So coming back to this game, no bullshit. What would it take? What are the action steps you will need to take to get to where you want to go? But then the next question is, when you've figured that out, you know, be very, and they they talk about later on, and they they give loads of examples, um, and, and you know, she talks about how she ended up being the homemaker being the the ultimate housewife, looking after everything that was needed in running the home so that Tom could completely focus on career and making the level of money that they wanted to make. But they'd had this conversation. What would it take? But the next question, when you figured out what the steps, when they talk about it, they do it without judgment. So there's no Especially if you're having this discussion with a partner or with somebody else, and I guess with yourself as well. But when you figure out the steps, there's no judgment to that. So, you know, you imagine the conversation they were having. What would it take? It would take me to completely focus on the career. But to do that, I can't be involved with taking my share of the household chores and, and all the rest of it, I need that all off the table so I can completely focus all my energy on this. No judgment there. You know, you can almost sort of feel your hackles rise. What? You're expecting me to do that? Well, no, because the next question is you figure out what the steps, what are the steps I need to take to get there? Are you willing to do it? You don't have to say yes. <laughs> Crucial, critical part of this. And one, one brief example that they gave was when he was, uh, you know, wanting to be a partner with this, with this company, what was it going to take for him to be a partner? And one of the things that he figured out, she was like, I'm not entirely sure why, but he figured out that he needed, if there was a business emergency, he needed to be able to get there within seven minutes. Why seven minutes? She wasn't sure, but that was, you know, that was what it was. And they lived, currently live 30 minutes drive or whatever it was away and so they moved so that they were within seven minutes you know what would it take this is one of the things it would take are we willing to do it yes we'll do it and i guess as, as you go you know you need to keep reassessing um she says that we tend to maintain what started or should have started as a temporary sacrifice so going back to her situation where she agreed to this plan. She was going to be, you know, the supreme, running everything in the household so that he could absolutely 100% focus on his career at that point. And she talks about how it was difficult. but In the early days, years, you know, year one, year two, she used gratitude a lot to help her get through that. And, you know, just reframe things, see things from a slightly different perspective. But she said by year eight, <laughs> she was really starting to struggle and that, that gratitude process was starting to become a bit toxic. You know, her, her voice was saying, well, shut up and be grateful already. This is what she'd been practicing. This is what she'd been modeling all this time. She says that often people, people will make a change when they hit rock bottom she says, but what happened if you, if you don't hit rock bottom? And she calls it the purgatory of the mundane. And that's, that's going back to that, what she mentioned about um, sticking to what you know is a bit like wearing velvet handcuffs. And that's basically where I stopped taking notes. My biggest takeaway and something that I feel I need to apply to myself, and obviously you can apply it to anything um, for me, at the moment, uh, the way it really resonated with me, I'm—I've been stuck for a good few months now in, um, you know, not—not not a great frame of mind. My mood's not been great, um, depressive period. And and although I don't have all the answers with how to fix that, there are steps I know I can take to at least improve it. So when I heard this, I thought, yeah, this is this is a game I need to play with myself. <laughs> no bullshit, no bullshit, and no judgment. What would it take? I might not have all the steps, but I know what some of them are. What would it take? Are you wanting to start doing them?
1: Yeah, I think that that is the piece that is so challenging for most of us is once you know what the steps are or what getting there will look like, having to evaluate or really Honestly, check in about, are you willing to do that? And I don't remember if I've shared this example with you, Daisy, but I share it a lot in our community and I've shared it a lot as a therapist. It came from something years ago that I listened to about motivation. And he was talking about things that enhance motivation and things that deteriorate motivation. But he used the example of um, if people say, I'm going to start exercising more often. And then they're like, well, I really can't because my kids are home after school, so I, I can't do it after school, and then I have to make dinner, and then the kids, it's bath and everything. So I can't do it in the evening. I can't do it in the morning because I'm way too tired, and I can't do it during lunch because, you know, then I have to eat my lunch. So there are all of these reasons why we can't do the behavior that we say we really want to be doing, that we value. And he said, okay, I take these same people and I say to them, look, if you walk for 30 minutes every day for 30 days, I'm going to give you a million dollars. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter whether the kids are home, whether you need to eat lunch, whether your favorite show is on, or whether you're too tired. You'll get out of bed earlier. Mm -hmm. You'll find someone else who can help with the kids. You'll skip your lunch. You will do whatever it takes because that million dollars is so it overrides all of those excuses or reasons because you value it so much. And so what I hear you describe in this game that they play is, you know, she might've said, oh, I don't really want to be the one responsible for everything at the home. That's mm-hmm. that's going to annoy me. But if it means we achieve this, I'm willing to do that. And I think oftentimes some of us or most of us many of us make decisions about things we want and we don't really play this out stereotypical example beginning new year i'm going to go to the gym and work out and we don't really ask ourselves am i actually willing to do what it will take so i think this game is a really a good way to look at it to match our values what are we saying we actually value about the outcome or the process we want to engage in? And what is it worth to us? What effort are we willing to make for it? Because she did that voluntarily. Mm, exactly. Because the outcome was valuable enough. And if it were not, if you know, if we stopped going to the gym on January 14th part of it is because we didn't do a good matching of how valuable is the outcome to what we're willing to put into it.
0: Yeah. And I think realistic, it's interesting that you, you bring up that classic example, because I think so many, so many people have done that, sign up to the. I mean, there are statistics, aren't there, that people sign up for a year's gym membership and buy Month three, they've stopped going. I can remember Kim talking about on on one of her podcast episodes about starting, you know, she wanted to start going to the gym and taking weight training seriously. That was she, you know, moved from her main focus being on diet, her main focus being on strength training, really thought it was important to start building muscle. And that was her main focus. But she had that conversation, had that, I guess it's a negotiation. Just saying so many people, they sign up to a gym and they just start, they they jump right in at the deep end and you quite often, you know, you start full of energy and full of motivation and you just go at it full blast. You know, you go every day or you go five days a week or, you know, you're on it. You're going every morning before work, whatever it is. And then it sort of goes from that and it falls off a cliff to sort of all or nothing. And she talked about how, you know, she read some stuff and it's advisable that you go say, oh, you know, on average, three times a week, uh, maybe four is better, two is minimum. And she worked out what she knew that she could commit to. Four was one day too many, but she reckoned she could she could commit to and stick to going three days a week. So what would it take? What am I willing to do? And, and being realistic about it. And then also I think, but I think the other point is that having regular reassessment check-ins, you know, it sounds like they should maybe have been having an annual or biannual check-in. You know, she got to year eight and was like, yeah, no, that's too long.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think if what you just described, if using their example, maybe by year four, they could have paid someone to do some of the responsibilities in the home Mm -hmm. because financially they were in a better place. And then she would have had more freedom to pursue some other things she wanted to do versus nope, head down, just got to keep doing the same thing because they were in a different position by that point.
0: Yeah. And I think maybe the bigger the sacrifice that you know you're going to have to make, maybe it's part of the plan that you set up regular time periods that you do come back in and reassess, you know, where are we at with this goal that we're working towards? Mm -hmm. Can I still keep maintaining what is challenging or, you know, do we need to change it? And maybe I can step it up a gear. Maybe it's easier than I thought it was going to be and I can go a little bit harder. Or maybe, you know, actually this is starting to wear on me. We need to we need to have that conversation. We need to play that game again.
1: It also, I think, ties in, I think, a couple other people you and I have talked about in their messaging. Um, Marissa Peer talks about When you make the decision to do something, even if doing it is kind of challenging, valuing the outcome. So, when she was staying up at 2 a.m. writing her first book while everyone else got to be sleeping, she didn't resent it because Mm. she was so excited about the impact that was going to be her book when it was finalized and people were reading it. So, she didn't resent that time she was staying up. And Going back to things I've learned from Kelly McGonagall about stress, that when we have made the decision to do something, we tend to experience less negative stress responses than feeling like it was dumped mm. on us or we had to do it. Oh, totally. And so, in this example, for Lisa, maybe to be reminding herself, Yeah, I don't like doing all of these things, but look what it's allowing us to achieve. Look at this empire we are building. And my doing this is necessary for that. So it it feels more empowering. Even though maybe this task isn't something I enjoy, what it brings to us is valuable enough that I'm willing to do it. Mm. So ties in a lot of kind of concepts that you and I have talked about in previous episodes and ways that I think people can really commit to and match what they value and the effort it will take to achieve the things that they want so that they go into it more realistically
0: yeah yeah it's a great episode i mean you know that that was just the, the first third of it or something she goes on to talk about her her health journey and you know how she found empowerment and started taking control of of that and some of the um, strategies and thoughts she had about that. So it's it's definitely worth a listen. Go and check it out if you want to hear more. But yes, this game grabbed me and it's certainly something that I need to apply to myself. And I felt like some of our listeners might too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I also will put a little word in for Lisa Bilyeu. I listen to her podcast often. And there are times that there's something about her that rubs me a little bit the wrong way. But then when I go back and really look at what she does, their relationship is so cool. The ways that they deal with their conflict, Mm -hmm. how open they are. I've listened to them be interviewed together. And you already know I really like him. But listening to how committed they are and how they work through their issues, I really have a ton of respect for them. Follow them on social media, and they're very focused on, on success and entrepreneurship, but also on quality of relationship and respect and love. So I, I have a lot of um, positives about Lisa and Tom Bilyeu, um, just in all that they represent.
0: And sometimes it can be a a bit daunting when you're, you know, when you're listening to stuff by people like that, because it just feels like they, you know, they, and they have achieved so much and Mm -hmm. do this and do that. And everything seems perfect. But I think you can, you can still take away something from it to apply to your own life. It's not like you're, They're saying, or you shouldn't be saying to yourself Mm -hmm. that you've got to achieve these sky high goals like they have. You can apply it to the seemingly Mm -hmm. smallest of things.
1: It helps me to hear people like that too when you recognize they struggle with some of the common day to day things that we struggle with. You know, did one of them leave their socks on the living room floor? And you kind of think, once you own a $5 million home, who cares if they're, you know, (laughs) someone must be coming and picking up socks after you. But to hear, Even they have these normal day-to-day stressors and um, relational challenges. So I really enjoy them overall. So
0: this was a fun episode. Great. Well you know what games I'm going to be playing this week? I did actually practice the uh, <laughs> the shopping list memory game just before we started recording and I did get all 11. But uh, what I figured out was actually I went down and I do need to know how many as well because I realized I'd done what I did the other day and I'd, I'd skipped a couple. But when I counted them off on my fingers, uh-huh. that was enough of a trigger for me to go back and... Find the ones that I missed,
1: which is probably really important too if you use that same scenario we described using like the body parts. What well, makes a big difference? Do you need six items? so you only chose six body yeah. parts to put items yeah. in or others? so
0: so combining triggers that's yeah. the key for me. <laughs> but very I got good. them all <laughs> very good. okay. Well, until we reconvene next time, I hope. You all have a very wonderful week.
1: And have fun playing noble shit. What would it take? (laughs)